This election is a choice. This election will determine whether we can come together. This election is absolutely crucial. What's really important, of course, is 12 us in a giant straight-through rifle. Please explain. You're listening to the 4ZZZ Breaks the Election podcast. Hello, election watchers. Welcome to the 4ZZZ Breaks the Election podcast, where our newsroom breaks down what is happening in the election for May 3rd, 2022. Just 18 full campaigning days away until the federal election. My name's Alexis Pink. I'm the news coordinator here at 4ZZZ, and joining me in studio is the 4ZZZ newsroom. Say hello, 4ZZZ newsroom. Hi. Hello. I'm Christina. Um, studying journalism and international relations over at the University of Queensland in St. Lucia. I'm Neve, and I'm also studying um, international relations and journalism at UQ. Oh, very interesting. On today's podcast, Labor launches their official campaign. The coalition chips away at the Teal Independence. The Greens talk about cannabis legislation. I would love to tell you about it. So on Sunday, Anthony Albanese officially launched Labor's campaign. He announced a number of new policies, including policies on health, housing and equality that aim to address rising costs of living. Other centrepiece of Labor's campaign launch was a policy to address Australia's growing house crisis, housing crisis. Albanese promised to establish a $392 million help to buy scheme, which would help 10,000 people per, per year buy a first home. Other scheme will provide a Commonwealth contribution of up to 40% of the, of the price of a new home. Labor also announced to make a plan to make medicines on the pharmaceutical benefits scheme cost a maximum of $30, which is a $12.50 cut on the current prices. They promised to make gender equity an objective of the Fair Work Act and to increase the number of electric vehicle charging stations across Australia. Okay, so key things out of that, cost of living. So who's that aimed at? Who are we aiming cost of living sort of improvements at as far as you know, the Labour Party is concerned? Uh, definitely our younger voters, um, our swinging voters in particular, our first-home buyers. I think this kind of policy will entice them the most. It probably also encourages people in the mortgage belt to be a little bit more encouraged as well. Obviously, keeping cost of living under control, especially in a higher inflation, higher mortgage rate environment, it's probably going to be something that comes up quite a lot during this election. Um Interesting stuff in there as well. The pharmaceutical benefits scheme is quite an interesting thing to put a little bit more money into. Is Labor's big announcement encouraging on the gender pay gap? Is this the point at which um, men's and women's average pays start to come a little bit closer together? It's a big story over the last three years. Are you encouraged by this? I think it's promising to see that there are some sort of advance- advances. It's needed, um, but I think at the moment there's a lot more needed to come behind it. But it's still promising that Labor government is trying to minimise the gap as much as possible. Certainly the Greens have been commenting on this. Um, They are saying that Labor's approach is not nearly enough. And I guess we'll see what happens with that as it comes into place. Um, Putting it in the Fair Work Act is a start, no doubt. All right, moving on. Let's have a chat about the Teal Independence and the Coalition and the war that's erupted down there. Who's got that story for me? Go for it. The Coalition has made a concentrated effort to discredit independent climate candidates who are running with the support of Climate 200, a group who focus on helping politicians make positive action for climate change. 
Often dubbed tail candidates, these independents are mostly female and are speaking out against the inaction that the major parties have on this topic. They are mostly running in inner city seats that the Liberal Party holds, threatening MPs and ministers. This inner city liberals are what are often called small L liberals and often are less conservative than others in their party. In reaction to tail candidates, the Liberal Party has spent a lot of energy trying to discredit these people, calling them fake Labour candidates. News Corp has also helped out writing attack pieces on candidates and even seven pages in the Sunday Herald's news section talking about how great Josh Frydenberg, who is opposed by teal candidate Monique Ryan, is. So why are they appealing? Anthony Green from the ABC says, quote, What's the point of electing a small L liberal if they vote with Nationals leader Barnaby Joyce and One Nation candidate George Christensen all the time? This speaks to a lot of the frustrations of more progressive people who have voted liberal in previous elections. Promises that have been made have not been kept and action on climate has gone nowhere. These till candidates offer hope for those who want an alternative. Okay, so let's talk about these candidates. So one of the things that the liberals love firing off at the teal candidates is how they're funded there are quite a lot of wealthy donors associated with this including people like simon holmes Court, who's well known for his interests in um, renewable energy is there a criticism there to be leveled or is this just a, an attempt to muckrake is it um designed just to damage their reputations rather than talk about substantial policy positions I think it would be within their best interest to actually damage their reputation um, if I were Labor or Labor or Liberal leaders. So, of course, um, coming from the opinion of a voter, I could only see it as trying to damage their own reputation because they want as much votes as they possibly can to themselves. Well, that does seem likely. So, there is a big focus on LNP seats, coalition seats. Um, is there something to what Josh Frydenberg's saying about... Effectively, this is a pro-Labour campaign, a way of getting Labour candidates in without actually having Labour candidates. I think, I think not. I think they, they are independents. They're not the fake independents that um, Liberals are calling them. Simon Holmes at court has said that he is funding them, but he has no sway over the policies that they um, have in place. It could be said... The exact same thing could be said about Clive Palmer, who is um, putting a campaign that's very anti-Labour. And a lot of people say that he is just smearing Labour to get Liberals in again. And certainly when it comes to Clive Palmer, he's been sort of anti-government in general when it comes to things like preferences and stuff like that. But push comes to shove, that is the government that he is going to to back a traditional coalition government. So when it comes to um, Clive Palmer, he has been talking about his preferences quite a lot. He is saying that he's going to put all the major parties last, but he is a traditional nationals guy. He was involved in national governments back in the Joe era. It's hard to imagine that he's suddenly flipped his alliances. And certainly the way he talks about issues gives the impression that he's still very much in the conservative camp. All right, let's move on a little bit. How about the Greens? What's happening with the Greens at the moment? Sure. So the Australian Greens are promising to reform cannabis laws if they hold the balance of power in a hung parliament. So the Greens are saying they'll legalise cannabis 
uh, and it will ensure safer drug use for adults, remove an income source for criminals, and establish a regulated industry that will raise $4.4 billion in revenue. So Greens New South Wales Senate candidate David Shoebridge said regulation and taxation would make it safer to use since the government would be able to provide health support for intervention where needed. All right, so this is an interesting uh, thing to bring up during an election. It's not often talked about. Why is this being brought up now and why the Greens and not, say, the major parties? Sure. So the major parties don't really want to talk about recreational drug use. I think if we were talking about it in a medicinal sense, it would be a slightly different topic. But when talking about recreational drug use, it is too controversial and also could be very damaging to their own reputation as a party. Uh, So it's easier for parties like the Greens to be able to pick that up and roll with it. When it comes to recreational drug use, especially cannabis, um, how widespread is cannabis use in Australia? Um, actually, millions of Australians use cannabis. Under the current law, uh, in most states, you'd be arrested if you were found with a certain amount of cannabis. Um, that varies from state to state. It's different in the ACT compared to Queensland, compared to Western Australia. But what is, um, sorry, what is the Greens' approach to this? What are they saying should happen in those cases where someone is using cannabis recreationally? Well, um, by legalising it, it will no longer be a criminal issue. It will be a health issue. So if people are struggling with drug use, they can seek help without being labelled a criminal. Considering millions of Australians use cannabis, currently there could be millions of Australians in prison because they're criminals under current legislation, which would then put a lot of pressure on the justice system. certainly would. Thank you for listening to 4ZZZ Breaks the Election podcast. For more news, head to 4ZZZ.org.au forward slash news or listen to 4ZZZ on 102.1 FM on DAB Plus Digital Radio via the 4ZZZ website or on your favourite podcasting app. If you have a tip-off or feedback about the show, if you have a tip-off or feedback about the show, please email us, newsroom at 4ZZZ.org.au. And of course, please support this podcast and everything we do at 4ZZZ by subscribing or donating to us at 4ZZZ.org.au forward slash support. Thank you, everyone. We'll see you later.